Welcome to week number one in our series that we're calling Q&A, uh, Questions and Answers. And uh, really, this whole series, the next five weeks, is all based on the surveys that you filled out on Christmas Eve, uh, and really showing us what were the top questions that you have. Uh, and we're basing a series on that called Questions and Answers. Uh, pretty tricky, huh? <laughs> questions and Answers. So uh, the number one question, overwhelming, it wasn't even close between number one and number two, but the number one uh, question was about life and death. What about life after death? And, and so the challenge is to, to fit the idea of what eternity is all about uh, into a one-shot message, and I'm up for the occasion. Uh, this is not an unusual question question at all. In fact, uh, we find someone in the Bible that actually asked that very question. Job did. In Job chapter 14, verse 14, he said, if someone dies, will they live again? I mean, is that just it? Is that the end when someone dies, it's just over? And, and, and it seems like there's got to be something more than just life here on earth. And that's what Job was asking. If someone dies, will they ever live again? And, and it's interesting also put that with another passage from Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament where it says he has also set eternity into the human heart. God has set eternity into the human heart. Have you ever thought about that? I, I mean, I think we've probably all been there before, have experienced, you know, that, that we're, we're at a funeral and just the heartbreak, the ache of that and and maybe even it's an open casket. And I know as a pastor, I've been there in that situation so many times. And, and you look at that person, that loved one, that, even that family member, and you realize they're not there anymore. That's just the shell. The essence of who they are is gone. And, and it, you just get this feeling like all of a sudden, it's like there's got to be something more than just life here on earth. The Bible says God he also set eternity into the human heart. Have you ever thought about this before? Like, how would evolution ever come up with this idea that there's life after this? That makes no sense whatsoever. That there would even be a human concept that this is just the beginning, life on earth. That there's something much greater than that. And so this is a common question. So I, I want to talk about heaven and I want to talk about eternity and look at what the Bible has to say about it. And, and there's a lot of questions, and I can't hit all of them. Again, this is a pretty big subject, a, a broad topic. But there are a couple questions that I can answer really, really quick that sometimes as a pastor I'm asked these questions pretty often, and surprisingly, uh, will my pet be in heaven? Only if it's a dog. No cats. <laughs> no cats will be in heaven. It, it does talk about that there will be animals in heaven. It says the lion will lay down with the lamb. And so I think there's, there's a, the Bible makes that clear that there are animals in eternity uh, in heaven. Uh, how about this one? Someone asked me this question one time. I thought it was pretty insightful. Uh, why does heaven have gates? Why is it a gated community? Because you've got to know the password to get in. That's why. But, but the, it says pearly gates. You know, where did that all come from? Will there be marriage in heaven? No, sorry. Jesus answered that one very, very clearly. That, that, that marriage on earth does not continue into eternity. As much as Hallmark Channel would like us to believe that, it just goes on and on and on. It doesn't. And so they said there'll be no, no more marriage and there will be no one giving in, into marriage as well. And I think largely because of that is that, that sense of uh, that close relationship, uh, that bond between a husband and wife in marriage, our relationship with God in eternity is going to trump that. We'll have no desire for that any longer. 
That's how powerful eternity is. How about this one? Will we have wings like angels in heaven? No, because angels are angels and humans are humans. That's a common misconception that, that you know, uh, we become angels later on or someone that's passed away is an angel on my shoulder. An angel is a completely different kind of created being other than humans. And in fact, angels are lower forms of creation than, than human beings are. The Bible makes that very clear. Humans are created in the image of God. Angels are not. That as human beings, we bear the image of God. Only humanity does. No other creature does. And, and so, no, we really won't have uh, wings uh, like angels. Uh, and then this one, will there be only, will there be any other music in heaven besides harp music? <laughs> God, I hope so. I really do hope so. Uh, you know, we have this picture that, that in eternity we're just going to be on clouds plucking harps, you know, and, and just like bored to tears. But nothing could be further from the truth. And so I want to talk about that. I want to see what the, let's look at what the Bible has to say about life after death. And one of the best places to go is where I really want to start, the main passage we want to look at in our time together, and that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, where, where the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle Paul supernatural insight into eternity and what that's going to be like. So let's look at it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, so who's he writing to? Christians. He says, we want you to know. And so the whole idea here is we're going to inform you of something you don't have any idea about. We're going to, Paul's saying, I'm going to explain to you what was explained to me by God himself, by the Holy Spirit. We want you to be aware of this. We want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. So what happens to a Christian when they die? What happens to someone who's placed their faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins? And he goes on and he explains. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, so anyone that believes that, that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus Christ will return again one day. God will bring back with him the believers who have died. How cool is that? That, that when Jesus returns, all those Christians, all those believers that have died on, in this life on planet earth, they're with Jesus, and he'll bring them with him. What a homecoming party. Just think about that for just a minute. Your, your friends, your family members, that have placed their faith in Christ in this life, that Jesus is gonna to return to planet, end, planet Earth and he's gonna end this, this time as we know it, he's gonna wind this up, and he's gonna bring with them, bring back with him the believers who have died. And this is just the start of the great celebration. Watch what happens next. Goes on and says, we tell you this directly from the Lord. So Paul's making this really clear. I'm not making this stuff up. He says, God is the one who told me this. God is the one who gave me this insight. We who are still living when the Lord returns, now stop right there, what does that say? Very important that we understand. There will be life on planet Earth going on, human life, when Jesus Christ returns. Humanity is not gonna destroy this world. 
There will be human life going on on this planet when Jesus Christ returns. We who are still living when the Lord returns, not everyone's going to die, will meet him ahead of those who have, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. What are you talking about? You talk about 4th of July, literally cemeteries, gravesides busting open all over planet Earth. And the spirits, the souls of those who have died that are with Jesus Christ will be united with their bodies once again, but their bodies will be resurrected from the dead just like Jesus' was resurrected. Wow. This is better than Star Wars, folks. I mean, nobody's got one over on God. And so those are, uh, let's just go back there. Um, it says, we, uh, uh, we who still living when the Lord will return uh, will not meet uh, him ahead of those who have died. And then it goes on, it says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. This is not going to be a surprise. All of humanity will experience this at one time. We'll see this actually happening. This is not going to be some kind of secret thing that happens. Nobody, what happened? It's not going to happen. It's going to be with the voice, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. And then it goes on and says, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. How awesome is that? That they will be caught up in the clouds. Those who have died, they'll be reunited with their bodies. Their bodies will instantly be transformed into glorified bodies just like Jesus was. How cool is that going to be? We're going to walk right through the wall just like Jesus did. We're going to eat and not gain weight. How about that? (laughs) We're not going to have to sleep either. Just like Jesus had a glorified body. The Bible makes it very clear. He was the first of many. And the many comes when Christ returns again. And it says, uh, those remain will be caught up in the clouds to meet him in the air. And watch this now. And then we will be with the Lord forever. What a great promise. And then it goes on and says, so encourage each other with these words. Encourage each other with these words. Encourage each other with the understanding that life is not just here on earth. That there is eternity. There is a life after death. Encourage one another. That, that in the broad scheme of things of eternity, life on planet earth is just a vapor. It's a snap. It's a blink of an eye compared to all of eternity. So encourage each other with these words. Encourage one another. So, so what, what about those that are dead right now? Where are they? In heaven? Well, yes, but technically no. Because we, we'll find out heaven's not the ultimate place. Where, where those that have placed their faith in Christ are with Christ right now, but the more precise place that they are is in paradise is what the bible says they're in paradise it's a temporary place right now look at luke chapter 23 verses 42 through 43 when jesus was on the cross about to die one of those that was crucified next to him said this to jesus then he said jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and jesus answered him and said i tell you the truth today you will be with me where in paradise 
And I kind of hear Coldplay in the back of my mind. Para, para, paradise. I can tell we have no Coldplay fans here today. All right, I'm just weird that way. This word paradise is pretty interesting. In the original language of the New Testament, which is Greek, this word paradise uh, has a very specific meaning, a very specific understanding. What it literally means is a park, catch this now, or a garden. It's like being in a park or a garden, like the Garden of Eden, where everything is perfect. That, that's where our loved ones who have died in the faith, died in faith in Christ, they're now in paradise with him. It's a place that you would go to, paradise is a place you would go to just like have a picnic, a, a beautiful scenic area. A temporary place to, to rest and refresh until, watch this now, the understanding of paradise in the original language of Greek, it's a temporary place to rest and refresh until you get to your ultimate destination. How cool is that? That's where those that have died in the faith, they're with Jesus Christ right now at a temporary place where they're resting and being refreshed until they get to their ultimate destination. We're gonna find out what that is. The Bible makes it clear. It's a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. That's what the Bible says. Heaven is not the ultimate destination. A brand new heaven and earth is what God is gonna create. It's like a resort. That's what paradise is. It's like a resort. It's pretty interesting. Uh, uh, Remember Jesus said at one point, he goes, in my father's house are many mansions. It, the, the, the real understanding there is in my father's house are many rooms. Sorry for those of you that are expecting a big, huge mansion uh, in eternity. It's many rooms. It's like in my father's paradise resort, there are many rooms. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may also be. He's talking to his disciples. He's like, I got a room for you. It's a temporary resort. Because God has something even better for that. for you in the long run, over the long haul. And so Jesus tells this, 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 uh, this thief on the cross next to him, you'll be with me. I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in paradise. The ultimate place is not paradise. In the book of Revelation, the, the back of the Bible, the last book of the Bible, it tells us what the ultimate place is. I already mentioned it. The, the revelation that the apostle John received, Revelation chapter 21, verse one. John says this, then I saw, where is it? A new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. A new heaven and a new earth. That there's gonna come a time when God says, that's it, and winds up time as we know it. And creates a new heaven and a new earth for all those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. He's the key. And we'll experience a new heaven and a new earth for all eternity. And so we don't know where that's going to be, but the idea is this, that the Bible makes it in Revelation, says that God is the one, he'll destroy the earth, and he'll create a new heaven and a new earth, and it'll be perfect, just like it originally was perfect before there was any sin in humanity. That's the ultimate for eternity. And that's what eternity is going to be. Absolute perfection. No more sickness. No more pain. No more hurt. No more tears. 
No more death. No more loss. We're not going to be on uh, clouds plucking harps. God gave Adam and Eve jobs to do. There's going to be work to be done. Before sin entered humanity, they had responsibilities. But it was absolute perfection, the life that they lived. And so what about heaven? What about heaven? What's it going to be like? What about heaven? A few things I think that are important that we understand that the Bible talks about, again, from the book of Revelation, which is the ultimate picture. And, And by the way, just a little technical thing, but it's a real pet peeve of mine. Notice that it's revelation. There's no S at the end of that word. It's not revelations, it's revelation. It's one picture, multifaceted, but it's one picture that God gave to the Apostle John. Three things about heaven that I think are important that we understand that sometimes we have all kinds of uh, misconceptions about. First of all, heaven is a right place. It's a place where everything's right. And, and, and there's something about that, isn't there? Again, back to that scene when we're standing next to the graveside or you know, about to lower the casket. There's something inside of us that says, this isn't right. There's something wrong here. That there's something wrong. And, and when you, you, you read the newspaper and you look at the news and you see the evil in this planet, there's something wrong here. But heaven is a right place where everything is right. Revelation 21 4, it says of, of God that He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It's a right place. Heaven is a place where things are right. Heaven is also a relational place. It's a relational place. Revelation 21.3, it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling is now among his people. That's why God's going to bring time to an end. You know what? I can't stay away from my kids any longer. I've got to be with them forever. Look, God's dwelling is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. We can't even begin to comprehend because we're so trapped in time uh, and and this planet and and our frailty and our humanness and our flesh. We can't even imagine what kind of total and complete fulfillment eternity is going to be. God himself with us. He will be with us because he wants that relationship with us. Not not to be... uh, abstract or or feeling of distance. You know one thing that's gonna end in eternity? No more faith. There's no more faith because we'll see everything there is to be seen. No need for faith because we'll see God face to face. We don't have to believe any longer because we'll experience it. We'll be right there. How awesome is that? Heaven is a right place. Heaven is also a relational place. And here's the third thing, and sometimes we miss this, and I think it's so important. Heaven is a rewarding place. Heaven is a rewarding place. Eternity, and I'm using those words uh, interchangeably, heaven and eternity. Uh, Heaven is a rewarding place. God says, I'm going to reward you for what you've done on planet Earth. You're going to receive a reward based on the good things that you've done. That's not what's going to get you in. The thing that gets us in is receiving Jesus Christ. He's the key. 
but we're going to be rewarded based on did we make our life count for his sake, for God's sake, and we'll be rewarded and heaven is a rewarding place. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, Jesus put it this way, look, I'm coming soon, watch this now, and my reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. And the inference there is also, or what they have not done. I will reward those that lived with eternity in mind and made their life count for time and eternity. Heaven is also a rewarding place. It's a relational place and it's a right place. God has a reward. And that's why it's so important that we really learn to live for eternity. Live for eternity instead of just for the temporary that we see around us. Instead of just for the, uh, I've got, he who dies with the most toys wins. That's not true. You don't win. He who dies with the most toys is self-centered, live for himself, and he's dead. That's the reality. God wants more for your life and my life than just collecting toys because you can't take them with you. And, and so how do we learn to live for eternity? Living for eternity to live really with eternity in mind. In Titus chapter two, verse 11, the scripture tells us, for the grace of God has been revealed bringing salvation to all people. Listen, everyone's invited to the party. God has, invited, has sent out the invitation through his son Jesus Christ. Everyone is invited to the party. But you got RSVP. If you don't RSVP, you can't come. And so the Bible makes it clear, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And then it goes on and it says, and we are instructed, that's what the Bible is, it instructs us, it instructs us as God's children, what he wants from us and what he wants to see in our lives. We're instructed to do what? To turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. You know what sinful literally means? The idea there of sinful pleasures is anything that is not what God wants for us, plain and simple. It, it means living below what God's best is for you and me. Sin literally means missing the target. That means we've lived a life that's been off target. We haven't been aiming at the target that God wants us to shoot for. And here in Titus it says, we're instructed to turn from godless living and missing the target, aimlessly wandering, just burning up day after day after day for no point, no purpose. By the way, that's what we're gonna answer that question. What's God's purpose for my life? That's next week. Godless living in sinful pleasure. We should live in this evil world with wisdom and righteousness and devotion to God. Then it goes on and says, while we look forward with hope to the wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed when he returns as we talked about uh, in Thessalonians just at the beginning of the message and so we look forward to that day and it's important that we we focus on the target and what is the target it's not just the it's not the here and now it's not the the momentary uh, pleasures in this life it's eternity eternity is what the target is and so we need to learn how to live for eternity 
And, and so uh, I, I saw actually a great, great pastor, Francis Chan, gave this illustration, and, and hopefully this will help you understand here. Check this out. Look at this rope, and imagine for just a minute this rope is a timeline. Okay, I've got 150 feet here. There's no way I'm gonna pull it all the way out. But imagine that this rope is a timeline, okay? This is eternity. Watch this now. This little red end, that's life on earth. That's your life on earth. That's your existence. And this is all eternity. It goes on and on and on. Millions and millions and millions of years. And guess what? It hasn't even hardly started. But so many of us, we're not living for this. We're living for this little tiny tip here. And, and listen how crazy it is when we don't live for eternity. Boy, this is my life. But you know what? I can't wait to get here because then I can retire and play golf the rest of this little tiny bit right here. This is how short-sighted we are. We've got all this millions and millions and millions of years. And all we're focused in on is right here. Just in this moment. Just a blink of an eye. Just a grain of sand on the beach of eternity. And when we really see things the way God wants us to see, and as we, the scripture said in Ecclesiastes, recognize that God's put eternity in our hearts. We don't live for just this any longer. We live for what's really most important. And we're really, we're gonna spend all of our existence, not just this little tip right here. And so how, how do we do that? How do we live for eternity today? And quickly, I want to give you three ways that we can live for eternity right now in this moment. The first is this. We need to refocus our energies. We need to refocus our energy. We, we need to, here it is, not focus on this. Not, not focus just on next week or next month or next year or 10 years even, but the long view. The long view of what really matters. And you know, when you have this in mind, it, it changes your focus. It changes your values. It changes your priority when you think millions of years from now, you're still going to be in existence. Millions and millions of years from now and still have not even really started. So we need to refocus our energies. Jesus talked about focus and in fact, he made it clear. Don't focus on this. Jesus said, my followers, don't do it. Don't focus on this. Focus on the long view. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth in the red. Don't do it. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal it, but store up for yourself treasure where? In heaven. Treasure in eternity. That's where you focus on. Not, not just a right here, this, this tiny little blip, but the long view. Jesus said, have the right perspective. In fact, I like to put it this way. Every day, refocus on where you're going, not where you are. That's what we need to do. Refocus our energy. And every day, refocus on where we're going. Focus on eternity. 
not just this quick little blip. How long is it? 70 years? 75, 80 years if we're really, really blessed? But eternity is a mighty long time. Focus on eternal things. And so we need to refocus our energies. Second thing is this, we need to reach people. We need to reach people. Refocus our energies, and also when it comes to living for eternity, we need to reach out for people. And we need to share, there's more to this life than just what we see here on, in, the, in the present moment. Reach people. In Jude, book of Jude in the New Testament, first chapter, verse 22 and 23, it says, be merciful to those who doubt. We're gonna talk about doubts in this series of Q&A. What do we do with our doubts? First of all, if you find someone who's doubting, be merciful to them. Snatch others from the fire and save them. That, that again, the invitation's gone out to everyone through Jesus Christ, but we have to RSVP by receiving him and his invitation to eternal life. God's not going to force eternity with him on anyone. We have to choose it. We have to choose it. So we have to reach people. And that's what we're, we're very big on here at Valley Christian Church. That's why we started a new campus a year ago. And so excited, on January 24th, we'll be celebrating the one-year anniversary of our Poughkeepsie location, our Poughkeepsie campus. Because we want to reach as many people as possible with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, just like it says here. Because eternity is hanging in the balance. Eternity. And so I like to put it this way. Reach the lost at any cost because people last forever. Did you know that? You're going to last forever. You're going to last forever. There'll be no end. You and I are going to last forever. And God has sent out that invitation to everyone. And the question is, are we going to RSVP? A lot of folks don't even know they're invited to eternity. And so we need to share the life-giving message of Jesus Christ with them. Reach the lost at any cost because people last forever. And so if we're going to live for eternity every day, we need to refocus our energies. We need to reach people. And here's the third thing. We need to renew our relationship with God. Maybe right now, you you need to today, renew your relationship with God. Maybe it's just kind of like, hmm, I've been just kind of figuring this whole thing out, trying to see what it's all about. And God's saying, listen, I've invited you to the party to the incredible things I have in store in eternity. Will you RSVP? Will you receive my son? In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, it says, but in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. There it is, Peter talked about it as well. Not just John, Peter did as well. New heaven and new earth, the home of the righteous. And you know what that word righteous means? Perfect. Perfect. But he doesn't end there. He explains what that is. He goes on and he says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, new heaven and new earth, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, watch this now, don't miss it, there's the key, and peace with who? Him. At peace with God. 
You and I can never be good enough to be spotless. We've all sinned. We've all done stuff that's just selfish and, and hurt other people. Every one of us has. We've, we've lied. We've deceived. We've thought about ourselves, not what's best for another person. Blameless. And, and, and all it takes is just that. And we don't get in. There's only one way that we're at peace with God. Jesus made a way where there was no way. Because you and I will never be good enough to earn God's forgiveness, to be righteous, to be seen as perfect. But Jesus was absolutely perfect. And he lived a perfect life. But he died the death that every one of us deserves. And he paid the price for our imperfection with his perfection. And he rose again from the grave as a preview, as the coming attractions of what will happen for every single person believer who receives him as a savior, as their savior. Because of Jesus Christ, we become spotless in the eyes of God because God looks at you and I through the lens of Jesus and he sees us spotless because of Jesus' perfection. I'm not perfect, Greg will never be perfect. But when God looks at me, he sees through the lens of Jesus, perfect, blameless. I'm not blameless, but Jesus was, and God looks through those lenses when he sees me. And I'm at peace with him because I've received his son, like so many of you have as well. Because eternity is ours to gain when we receive the invitation that God sent through his son, Jesus Christ. And so I want to pray right now. I, I want to close in prayer because for many of us, I think we do, we, we just need to renew our relationship with God. You know, I'm, I, God, I'm just tired of playing games and running and all that. I, I, I want to put you first. I, I, I'm tired of just living for just this. I want to keep the long view in mind that you have so much more for me than just this blink of an eye. Haven't you ever heard that saying before in this life? Don't blink. Because that's what life really is compared to eternity. It's a blink. It's over just like that. But eternity is waiting for those who are SVP and receive Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that, that gives us answers to the questions, the, the real big questions, the most important questions. When a person dies, will they, will they live again is what Job asked. And, and the fact that you've put eternity in our hearts. And God, I believe that, that even in this message, if we've looked at what your word does tell us, that life on earth here is very, very temporary. This is our temporary home. But eternity is waiting for us when we receive Jesus as our Savior. And Father, I pray that, that right now in this moment that, that many for the first time would, would receive the invitation that you've sent through sending your son Jesus Christ, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that we come to you through him and into eternity. And Father, for those of us that lose sight and we get so focused on the here and now, Lord, help us refocus our energies to reach out to people 
with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ and to daily renew our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.